Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I want to talk about Craig Sager. Mm. Got to start it off with a shout out. Rest in peace. Such a good guy. Such a good guy. Great coats. Heart of the league. It's a really sad day. Yesterday and today and whatever day you hear this. Silence. But what what about Oh no, that was bad. That was a bad transition. I shouldn't have started with a shout out right away. I haven't done this in a long time, man. <laughs> so This is exactly how every syrup cast yeah, started okay, for like yeah. a year okay, and a half. Do you guys need yeah, help? No, yeah, no, we don't need help. We we got this. Just let us just got to find the beat. Okay? Uh Hawks are in town tonight. Okay, let's let's talk for a second, actually, about the new collective bargaining agreement. Yeah. Okay. okay let's talk about two hundred seven million dollars for five years. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So it's money. People like people like money. That's people, so much. People money. like the NBA right now, man. It's so much money. All the football players are getting concussed. It's true. It yeah. makes DeRozan's deal look slightly less charming. Well, yes, and then it also, you know, if we sign Lowry to a max because he's hitting all the threes in the world right now, feel great about that. Um, I there's been a lot of conversation about whether people should be coming right out of college directly into the NBA or there should be like a minimum years. I actually think the solution with what we've seen with the Raptors 905 is to do something a little bit more like uh, like in the NHL. Every NBA team gets a D-League team. It's like their farm team. You can draft them in high school. They can like play a little bit, go to school, get an education, and when they're ready, they get called up. Same with like... You think that any- should be mandatory? Uh, yeah, because then that way the young people who need money right away don't lose their kind of earning power, but then they, it's it's in a structured environment that allows them to develop, and they still might be able to go to school because it's not like the D-League season's like year-round. Right. And then everybody wins. I agree. But we're only talking about this for one reason. There's an elephant in the room, and that's are they going to trade JV? Because mm. I'm really worried. After that Cleveland game, I'm like, I went to my girlfriend. I was like, girlfriend, I'm sorry, but... Uh, your Raptors boyfriend's going to get traded. And it's because no one on the team wants to take advantage of his capabilities. And they are very upset that he can't move his body <laughs> at NBA speeds. It's true. So I'm, I'm, the clock is ticking. But his jump shot has improved so much it's, that I it think... His haircut, is, his hair game is I mean, on fire. Like, my wife wants to yeah. like, oh, scratch yeah, just, him when he's not, on the TV. It's, it is, it's yeah, unfair. Just feral. Feral is the word. It's so good. Okay. Are we gonna, do you want to talk to Jays at all? Encarnacion? I'm out. Mm. I'm out. As soon as as soon as soon the season was like, we had a good two-year run, it's going to be another done. 20 years of not being relevant, and uh, they're not going to spend money. And I think Igor can probably pipe in on this. Oh, man. I mean, I think... Wait, what, what's Igor doing here? I know. What? <laughs> Who's this guy? <laughs> Dear listeners... We're being recorded. I don't think there's any way this to This is not it. a time warp. Um, yes. Yeah, so, you know, I think for the Jays, it, it's... They need to go either one way or the other. Either tear it down totally, trade you Donaldson. Down a team because that went to the ALDS um, twice in two years. Because the Boston Red Sox are probably like mm, more than a 90 win team right now. 
um you know the yankees always have amazing so like, compete we're like the third biggest city in yeah i mean but they have to decide it's either tear it down completely or invest in the team and buy and like sign incarnacion right we'll take all the rogers one number money that they've <laughs> saved, saved and if shove it right back into that guy's contract so what's the you can actually go over the cap and just there's pay no the cap fine, right? yeah it's yeah. just the, the, the re, yeah in uh in yeah. major league baseball the reason why the player salaries are so huge is that there's there's no artificial restriction on that stuff it's not so it's just like their unwillingness to pay people at certain amounts there's no cap at all there's like, no cap at zero because yeah. he's he's got a few good years left i mean he's a slugger right so you can yeah he can go yeah he can go to 40 if he needs yeah to. he could go straight dh mm. i just i'm just saying we had we had a good two-year run for all the people who like go train into the city yes. and now <laughs> it's time to support yeah. uh basketball and footy i agree like, that's you know oh that game Oh, that uh, game was so hard to watch. I felt bad. I did feel kind of bad for them watching, like being outside in that weather and having to. Although watching the Sounders run through the field victorious and nobody in the stands gave a damn. You know, they were just <laughs> yeah. si- like everybody was just silent except for like the forty people yeah. from two hundreds who were just like, yes. But if you miss two penalty kicks, like- I know it's embarrassing. It's true. It's embarrassing. But also, I mean, what I hate about soccer is that. Why is you the most leave, important? You can just leave that sentence alone. What I hate about soccer <laughs> is soccer. I'm joking. I love soccer. But like, why must a championship game be decided with penalty kicks? Because the because they're incentivized to not try and score. I half that match was like TFC guy gets it, runs up. Uh, Seattle player falls over. Seattle gets the ball. Seattle player runs up. A TFC player falls over, gets the ball. It was like yeah. the worst game of pong. And then they had to go to penalty kicks. Now, also, it's like minus whatever degree weather, and it's terrible. So I wouldn't want to be running on natural grass in that either. But it's because it's it's uh it's not the it's not the perfect game. It's, not, it's the beautiful game, but it's not, it's the, not perfect. the perfect game. And they're not getting paid nearly and as much as no. They actually the had to shovel leagues. the field off before to start for extra cash. Yeah, home hardware. It's hard. It sucks. It's like cricket. Mm-hmm. And on that note, welcome to the Syrupcast. It is a very special episode. Are we on a podcast? Are we podcasting right now? Is that what we've been doing? Yes, we've been recording you this whole time. Oh, man. Yes. I hope I sound smart. I want to go back to my Encarnacion take and redo it. <laughs> Next time, maybe. <laughs> okay. Episode 200. 200. Yeah, 200. All right. Um, I'll be ready. If you, I mean, if you've been a longtime listener uh, to this podcast, you obviously recognize those voices, but just for... New listeners, could you two please introduce yourselves? OG Pod, son. Okay. We started this thing. That you did. We did. We had a, we had a need to pod. Mm-hmm. We podded a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> and for two years, <laughs> yeah. the deepest explanation. On video, too. Usually more than audio because we couldn't ever sync the audio tracks. It's true. Because things crash a lot. MacBook Air is not the best for multimedia. Who knew? As we record this podcast yeah, as we, yeah. on, a <laughs> on a on a smaller, less capable MacBook Air. Do you want to actually say your name? Oh, uh, I'm Douglas Altus. He is the managing editor of BetaKit, our sister site, and we are very honored to have, sir, Daniel Bader. And Daniel, um, I mean, obviously, people that know you. I am a dog lover, mm-hmm. and that's about it. No, I uh, <laughs> I work. Uh, I used Sweaters to work in the streets, dogs in the sheets. <laughs> I was hoping you'd bring your dog yeah, today. Yeah, what the yeah, hell? Where's the dog? We, my were, dog? we were all hoping. You dropped That's it. the only reason I got the invite, I understand. My dog is 12 weeks old, so she can't really go places yet. 
Is she as soft as she looks? She's amazing. She's amazingly soft. Beautiful. She's a Great Dane or Great Dane mix? A Great Dane. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So that dog's going to get like 12 feet tall? It is. uh, Like like the Great Dane, like the one that. uh, It's already 13. She's already 33 pounds. Oh my God. She's 12 weeks old. Oh my God. Holiday weight. We got her. Does she have like her own room? (laughs) Does she have have her own room in your house? She basically owns the house. Uh, She learned how to climb stairs last Saturday. And it's all over. Oh, so. She still owned the uh, the neighbor's front door. She is only <laughs> she only only takes okay. So when it snowed, uh, she doesn't like the feeling of the snow in her paws. So now she just runs to my neighbor's front steps, takes does her thing, and then runs back to our house. It's That's so, so funny. That's great. But she doesn't give me time to pick it up, so I often have to bring her back inside. Cleaner paws, <laughs> and then you're just a random guy yeah. hunting for poop and on the streets. And I have to go back outside by myself. Just, yeah. I just love poop. Just leave it there. Pretend it's a present for your neighbor. Yeah. Oh wow. So yeah, I uh, I I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank it's you a, for it's coming. It's an honor to be back, and uh, I'm really. This is amazing. We we were so <laughs> this we were so low like lo-fi compared to this. We we had good intentions. It just never. There's we, a lot of crashing. We did have a lot of crashing, and then we figured that out. But then um, we were just at the mercy of the internet. You know, we had our Bandwidth. home yeah. our home setups. Uh, you often my know. personal <laughs> internet was uh, the worst. Your uh, travails on finding a place in your apartment to podcast that was comfortable for your back took about oh, twelve well, weeks. Comfortable for my back, but then it's that's because uh, the cats. the barber shop below me right. would be bouncing block rock and beats. Yes. So I had to move to the very furthest corner uh, of my apartment and just edge up into it. Um, but then also like record at a specific height because there I was no furniture I could bring there because it was our bedroom. So I'd be like podcasting off uh, the the bed mattress and then trying to find a chair. Yeah, it was very. I basically was just squat potting for a good hour and a half. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was great. And then and then we'd be like, oh, and then it crashed and we just lost the audio. So we could have just done that a different way but it was the it was the early days of pot we were we were on ready and you guys you know laid the ground uh, groundwork obviously we wouldn't be here had you guys not you know developed the following for the pod and certainly that's where the alcohol alcoholism started certainly whiskey and speaking of alcoholism we tried very hard to get jane on the pod but alas (laughs) we we could not uh just the schedule didn't work um so she had to go back to her home planet yes (laughs) um so um, she better drop a comment on this thing. Yeah, please keep Jane like, in your thoughts. Just, just her ghost. Is she's still alive. There's, yeah, yeah. Please, it's true. Please be. She, <laughs> didn't, yeah. she didn't die on the way to her own planet. She just went back. But yeah. no, we should. You know, for people who, for the four people who were listening to the podcast back then, who are still listening to it now, I hope you're losing your minds over this, uh, and then you're gonna put a lot of like positive comments in the streams to educate people on what we've been talking about for maybe the past 24 minutes yeah i don't think positive comments exist on youtube oh no youtube commenters come at me i'm talking about the mobile okay. server comments. Yeah. do you, all the dankest memes just right up right up in the comments i don't even care um so daniel um yes. so have we gotten have you said everything you've wanted to say doug yeah we've we're we're, pod, okay, we're full pod mode engaged okay. man yeah, yeah. pod mode engaged okay so we should have done a training seminar. I know. Um, anyway, so 
if you've been following along this week, um, I guess the most exciting announcement in some respect was the kind of launch of RCS, Rich Communication System, on the Rogers and Fido network. Um, Daniel, you wrote a really great editorial uh, on RCS on Android Central uh, ahead of the launch. Um, this was, you know, obviously Android Central is an American focused site. And so you were talking within the context of the US, specifically Sprint. Um, but for those who don't know, and RCS is, you know, I think the majority don't know what it is. Um, can you kind of give us a technological backgrounder for everyone? Yeah. So RCS is basically iMessage for everybody else. And uh, the way it works is that over the last few years, networks have moved to uh, an all data backend core, like it's called IMS. Mm -hmm. And the way it works is that uh, traditionally when you send a text message, it goes over 3G and there's not a whole lot of bandwidth that you can, that you, that you have to work with. So you mm -hmm. can't really send high resolution photos and video. You are constrained by the legacy technology when it comes to group messages, things like that. And there's nothing real time. So you send something and it's asynchronous. So you you send it, the person gets it, they send something back, and then you get the response. It's You, you know what a text message is. Um, RCS takes that to the next level. So it uses the same foundation, but it adds things that we like from WhatsApp and iMessage and WeChat and everything else. It allows you to create a platform. So the first iteration of that is type indicators. Mm -hmm. You know, BBM made that famous. You know, Douglas is typing. You know, it's the thing that you expect. Um, One might call this BBM 2.0. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody wants to call it that. Um, we, you know, you, you get uh, delivery re receipts. You get high-resolution video and and and, uh, and tech uh, vid video and photo sharing. And no, uh, no more MMS. Someone sent you a high-resolution image. Yeah, and it's like 60 kilobytes, and you're yeah. like, oh, sorry. We're like, what the hell is that? And then finally, you get actual group chat that mm -hmm. works across dozens of people and you don't have to finagle with it you don't have to use a certain client uh so it's not as big a deal yet as as mm -hmm. um as say a brand new platform but what this is doing is google is working with the gsma which is the standards body that makes all of these cool new things happen and they're trying to work with all the carriers around the world especially those in the u.s to make RCS a thing. Mm -hmm. And RCS is the only way that if you're using whatever Android phone on whatever Android on whatever network, you will be able to take advantage of all these cool chat features. Mm -hmm. Now, I recognize that this is a very long-term thing. Mm -hmm. And I was a little bit ram I was I was a little bit hyperbolic perhaps in my words, but I do think that this is a very exciting venture because it allows the it, it basically is the only way that you can integrate iMessage-like features into a legacy platform like texting mm -hmm. and without having to force people to download something new. All right. So uh, the direction I want to kind of lead this conversation is that um, there are certain caveats with this system as it exists right now. Um, and is, is that something you can touch upon? Obviously, like, um, as I said in our podcast notes, uh, I said, you know, a lot of stars have to align for you as a consumer or user of one of these phones to actually see the benefits of RCS. So can you just outline that? Yeah, you have to have the right carrier. You have to have the right messaging application. And right now that is just Google Messenger for Android. And you have to be on LTE. Mm -hmm. And all those things have to be there before you can 
take advantage of this. You also have to be talking to somebody who's also hitting those same check marks. Mm -hmm. So for most people right now in North America, you have two choices. You have Sprint and Rogers, and you have to be on Android, and you have to be using Google Messenger. So that's that's really, you know, it's it's very few people. Mm -hmm. But what's what's the check down process if you're not on that? Does it just revert to classic? It just reverts to SMS, and that's the beauty in my opinion, is that it just falls back to the lowest common denominator. And it's the, I love iMessage for that reason, is that if it's blue, it's because both people meet those marks. And if it's not mm-hmm. blue, if it's the dreaded green, then you just, then it's, then you it just, just works. You just pinch your nose and move on. <laughs> exactly. You're ostracized, but you know, you get the job done. So that's what I like about this. So what if you send? What if you send like uh, a message from iMessage to uh, someone who's on Rogers, where where Rich Text is working? Um, are they going to see like the emoji or whatever fancy animation they're sending? No, and that's no. the problem. Okay. And that's this is the elephant in the room because Apple can and may eventually integrate this type of technology into iOS, but they really have no incentive to do that. So they have to flip a switch as well for that, that yeah. to work. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So. I mean, that's the other thing is that iMessage has moved so far beyond just read receipts and higher resolution uh, images that they could easily integrate RCS down the road and not lose any customer loyalty, right? Because it would still be a green bubble and people would still feel ashamed of the green bubble, but at least it would work better. What's the shame? What's the... What's the number one feature of iMessage that are keeping people locked into iMessage? Is it the group chat or is it like they've added new features, but are any of those features that would keep people tell me the read receipts all the time? I feel like it just works, right? (laughs) First thing I turn off. Yes, I turn that off too. (laughs) Well, I think for anybody who switches phones a lot, turning iMessage off is a good idea. Yes. Because once it gets your phone number, it eats it and it eats it forever. Mm -hmm. So. That's one thing. But, yeah, iMessage just works, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was good. Good job. That was impressive. I think I broke a rib. <laughs> <laughs> that, also, that also happened once. Yeah. You you podcast right after breaking a rib, and you were like... This is, I was really drunk in a lot of pain. How did you break a rib? Uh, I think I was sportsing. Yeah, it was, was sportsing. Yeah, okay. yeah, it, it was the next day after. Yeah, yeah. Basketballing. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, Former Mobile Nations writer Dieter Bonn, now at The Verge, he tweeted uh, He tweeted out your... Um, Dieter Bonn's still alive? He didn't go back to his home planet? He didn't. I know. Everyone's going back to their home planet. It's weird. For, the, uh, for Christmas. Times have changed, man. I know. Um, but war never changes. Um, anyway, so um, he tweeted... He had somewhat of a negative take, which was like, hey, like this is the epitome of... Star- or the epitome of... Stockholm syndrome, technological Stockholm tr- syndrome, I believe was his wording. Yeah. Um, where do you think he's coming from? And I specifically just want to raise that just because I think it kind of helps us unpack some of the issues with this platform going. Or it's not a platform, as you would say. It's a standard going forward. Yeah, so he's not wrong, and I don't disagree with him at all. What I what I think he's raising is that we have to rely on the carriers who are mm-hmm. extremely unreliable and very... Uh, prone to disappointing us mm-hmm. and that's that's the problem is you know google has an incentive because while it pushes allo on one hand as a competitor to whatsapp and wechat and all the other proprietary chat applications it also wants something that just works like iMessage so that you can turn on an android phone for the first time and be able to to claim that you have a true iMessage competitor that's not allo because allo is used by zero people so mm-hmm. that's what 
I find so enticing about it, but he raises a really good point. We should not have to rely on the intervention of the carriers, especially knowing how badly uh, how bad their reputations are when it comes to things like updates and keeping up standards, mm-hmm. and the fact that they have business incentives to. And right now, Verizon, AT and T. Uh, and T-Mobile all have their own versions of RCS on their networks, and they've mm-hmm. they've the, f- the first bloatware sticker package that they push to your phone without you wanting it. I think will cause a riot, right? right. Like mm-hmm. the it's just it opens up all of the things that you don't like the carriers doing to your phone that you just kind of want that stock experience. Now imagine that being in your core messaging system. You don't um, want Rogers stickers. You don't want to send those to your friends. No. <laughs> But they own Anacarnacion's likeness. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> for now. Actually, they don't. He's a free agent. They don't own crap. No, you're right. So Batista, I, though. I don't know if you can really comment on this, but I think what's important to keep in mind in, uh, with iMessage is that it kind of comes out of very. It came out of a very specific American context in the sense that, like the carrier situation was a lot different in the U.S. at that time when iMessage came out, and it was seen as this very like useful app in that situation right with how the carriers you know, like the kind of the, um the testing texting situation that was there whereas opposed to canada it, it was kind of you know it wasn't i think received it was received positively but not necessarily seen as this like like oh god thank you thank god for this mm-hmm. app right um and so how does rcs fit within that ecosystem of the u.s well the U.S. was um, and still is very divided when it comes to network technology. You know, it still relies on CDMA, mm-hmm. uh, on Sprint and, and Verizon. Um, everybody's moving to to LTE and eventually 5G. And I, I think what what was interesting about the proliferation of iMessage was just that the iPhone took off in the U.S. Uh, in a way that it, it didn't in any other country because carrier by carrier. Well, carrier by carrier, but also at the time, carriers had so much control over what you saw and were able to do on your phone. And Apple basically took that and and turned it on its head by saying, "You're never going to mess with my phone." This mm-hmm. this um, you know what and, and what what they, what they did was so low key was that they took this thing that was so important to the carrier, being the phone number. And they basically cr- they created a, an entirely different database out of it, mm-hmm. and they used that existing um, means of, of authentication and identification, and and co- uh, just co opted it for uh, it, for what some people in the open source community, especially on Android, say w- was was for evil, mm-hmm. but for people using iMessage and people who rely on iMessage. It was a great triumph and something that will will go down as one of the one of the best and most subtle um, over the top service integrations ever on on mobile. Mm-hmm. And it it did pave the way to some extent. I mean, at the time, you know, you, you look at something like WhatsApp that had a different direction. You know, it built um, it used the phone number and it still does as a means of of identification, but it did so. Um, in many developing markets, because it was so easy um, to to start, and because it, it uses so much so little bandwidth, mm-hmm. you know, iMessage did the same thing. It just was already there, mm-hmm. and I love that about it. So, I would love that on Android, but Android will never be that because there's Samsung and LG and, and HTC and every you know other 
right. OEM that, that also wants a stake in it. OEMs and carriers in that scenario. So yeah. I guess the question I want to put to you guys is, you know, I think the requirement that you, it needs to be Google Messenger is interesting in the sense of kind of Google's bigger uh, messaging ecosystem. And we'll talk about that. But specifically, like, I think a really big kind of what will be a um, um, kind of a sp speed bump to this is that it's Google Messenger, right? For now. For now, right? So next year, um, in release two of what's called the universal standard under the GSMA, mm -hmm. they will be releasing an API that allows any app developer okay. with a messaging app to integrate RCS into this universal um, universal standard RCS into its application. So if you like Textra or Chomp or whatever messaging app you, you prefer, uh, you'll be able to get this as long will as the developer supports get it. Messages in two, the same message in two places? No, because Android forces you to choose a default texting app. So it, it would work with stuff like WhatsApp and... No. no, no, no. Well, WhatsApp is always going to be its own thing. Okay. But on Android, that doesn't really matter. Oh, so you mean like messaging uh, so if clients? You used, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, okay uh, I get it now. Yeah. So I, that's great because, you know, like for most people, I think their messaging client is just the one that comes with their phone, right? right? So if you have a Samsung yeah. phone, whatever. That's like, what I was going to say. No, but even then, it's still the one that you choose that comes with your phone. Like... Any Android phone you're kind of like buying off the rack is going to come with two or three options of like mm -hmm. crap. I got to choose. Like but the, but the think about it. Rogers of. and Sprint have committed to uh, bundling Google Messenger as the default app yeah. on every Android phone they sell, mm -hmm. which means that Samsung and LG and HTC and every other company is being forced to change the default texting app carrier by carrier, which is so interesting because it's taking the OEM out of the equation here. Mm -hmm. And that's fascinating to me because for so long, the OEM was the, was the, was the strongest player in the conversation when well, it came to carriers. It's, it still is. It's just the OEM is now Google. <laughs> like, to some extent, yeah. So, I mean, Google like, Messenger is already integrated on the Pixel. So, mm -hmm. um, do you, when do you foresee TELUS and Bell um, hopping on to this obviously because they're because i mean in about two weeks, two weeks. Okay. Well, no i don't i don't know i think <laughs> honestly it's been very interesting watching uh what's going on in canada just from a technology perspective you know the fact that volte for example is still alberta and, and and bc only on telus things like that you know it's still a pilot um it's it's very strange to see the priorities that the Canadian carriers take to get to the same place because they all reach that place eventually. It's just some of them decide to do things earlier. Mm -hmm. um, question for, I guess, uh, I'd like for you, Doug, and you, Pat, kind of to s start on this, and then, Daniel, you can chip in. Um, how do you, like... How do you see this like affecting now Google's or what is kind of Google's now position with its messaging apps, right? Because it, it has what is, what is Google's position between uh, Google the Android platform director and Google the Android hardware manufacturer? I think yep. there's so many messaging apps too, right? Like you have GChat, uh, Hangouts is what it's called. I always <laughs> I always still call it GChat. That's yeah. still around, right? Like I use that all the time because I have friends that use it. Mm -hmm. And then there's like Allo and there's so many. I, I think at some point they need to compress things into one or two apps because there's too many that people can choose from mm -hmm. right now. Too disparate. I, well, I think the, the organization has to come within Google slash Alphabet 
first before yeah. you ever see that. But this the whole problem with this or the the dysfunction comes from you're hurting cats in a knife fight. And that's always been the... <laughs> you always have the best analogies. Well, it's the counterbalancing factor between Cats uh, and like the single, the single player solution and then the ecosystem play, which has, as we've seen in the past year, the dynamics, the dynamics in Android have shifted significantly mm-hmm. with what's happened to Samsung and what, what Google is trying to do. Uh, and then the carrier relationships changing to that. So it's the, that phase two rollout, the... The, the groundswell that needs to happen to get this to be uh, the de facto platform instead of the baseline protocol standard that everyone uses is a, is a lot of work. And then, you know, meanwhile, Apple just needs to add like one feature at a time and keep iterating. I do think that if there's a shrinking between the baseline capabilities of this versus what Apple is offering, you might see some transfer over, but, you know, how much? How much of actually is this tied to um, uh, carrier updates or like being pushed through that way and like versions of Android or anything like that? Because does like the OS fragmentation factor into this in any way, or is it more just? It does not, right? No, I mean you you do have to have an, a version of Android that will run the latest version of Messenger, which I think is four point four. Yeah, like I think this applies to like eighty percent of the Android market right now. Okay. And you're right. It you know Google is in a is in a tough spot because it's both an OEM and it it creates the platform on the other side. And we've seen with the Pixel that it's willing to offer you know exclusive features. Um, but to to this, I think this is Google at its most altruistic. It's it's selfish because it still wants to control it uh, by using a company Jive that it bought. In order to facilitate the cloud rollout aspect of this, but there is a ver- there is a universality to this um, this project that Google hasn't really uh, performed in the last couple of years. You know, yeah, it is a baseline kind of like cell standard technology thing that anyone can have access to and benefit. I agree, and it's not just Android. I mean, technically, it works on any platform. If you use a Windows 10 mobile device, you can Shout use out. this. Technically, Jeffersar. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Just his giant ears perked up. Um, but but to that point, though, I think you're talking about the altruism, and it's it's you can't just say it's purely altruistic or purely like uh, cynical or conniving because the way that the the ecosystem is set up is that any one decision of any uh, significant size is going to have multiple effects. Where okay, this is great for users. It's bad for Android manufacturers with their own apps. It's good for carriers, but then bad for users because the carriers get more stuff to hurt users. And then it's like it, the, I guess, the interweaving thread, threads of who benefits and who uh, doesn't from this is fairly complex because there's it's a really complex relationship between Google and Android and the OEMs and the carriers. Pat, which messaging app do you use most? I primarily use, I, I like never, I never text people. 
that that's a thing that I rarely do. I primarily use Facebook Messenger and Hangouts. Right. Those, are the, those are the two that I use. And I used to use WhatsApp, but um, not so much anymore. For me, I find people gravitate to the messaging apps that their friends are on for, right. the, for the most part. Um, when you're when you're not talking about like stock text apps and, and, and stuff like that. But I but say you didn't know where that friend was. You'd probably default to Facebook Messenger, right? Yeah, I would default to Facebook Messenger. See, that's, 100%. that's RCS's biggest problem is that mm-hmm. people will now think about opening up a separate app before opening up a, an, a texting app. Uh, oh, that's true. I never thought about that. And um, that is going to be its biggest roadblock, is by the time this proliferates to every carrier across yeah. the world with an LTE network, that's interesting. it's going to be 2025 or whatever, and people will have chips embedded in their brains and just think about who they want to send a WhatsApp message to, and they won't have to worry about it. So, yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a few years too late, um, and it's, it's, a good, it's a good thing, mm-hmm. but Doug was right. It's... It's not, it's not purely altruistic, and Google obviously has a business interest in controlling some of the pipe, if not all of it. Hmm. It's funny. I'm just going through my, like, just how many people I use on uh, iMessage, which is, like, one of the chats I, I significantly use, but I never actually pay attention if they're, if they're you know, part of the brood or if they're sending me a text. I'm so trying to. I don't even think. And also, it. like, I don't even know the last time I sent a text to someone. I'm trying, like, it probably would have been weeks. So even, ago. even your like friends and family and stuff. I I talked to my mom on Facebook Messenger. Um, I talked to. I guess Ta- I do too. I talked to Tassia on uh, Google Hangouts. Tassia's um, cat. Yeah, my, my cat. My cat Tassia. Um, Tassia is my girlfriend, not my cat. <laughs> <laughs> I should, I should clarify that. Um, like, I I just never text people. I I don't. I don't know when that changed, um, but I, I just like everyone is in some sort of app, and that that's how I communicate with people now. And you know them by the the app that you're most likely to hit them with. Yeah, communication wise. Yeah, pretty much. Hmm. For me, like the biggest sticking point to iMessage is that it also works on the computer, right? Like there are ways to get that. That is useful. You know, like, really on Android, useful. you do something like AirDroid, but um, just the fact that you can. You know, when I'm working, that I can type off a message on. Computer. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. I think mm-hmm. most of the messages that I send through iMessage are from my laptop. So, but speaking of pipes, a new content pipe opened up this week. All the pipes. Uh, do you want to take us through Amazon Prime? Yeah. Uh, so Amazon Prime has now launched in Canada. Um, too much criticism from a lot of people that have signed up for it. It's included for free with. Uh, the, the standard Prime subscription, which is $79. So for free, you already have to pay the $79 to get in. So it's sort of an added value to that. Um, and, and a lot of people dislike it immensely. Um, and I think one thing that a lot of people are forgetting is the dumpster fire that Netflix was when it first launched in Canada. Uh, there is not a lot of great content on it. There's a lot of B-movies. Um, Netflix originals weren't even a thing back then. Um, so like when I go back and I, I read about Netflix and I think about what it was like when it launched, I, I see a lot of comparisons between the two. They're very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing too is, uh, that we've sort of realized and I've been researching it is that it's possible that we might not get new seasons of, uh, prime originals. There's really, yeah, there's certain shows what? where, yeah, there's certain shows where we only have the first season. I reached out to, uh, Amazon. And it seems like we're only going to get the first season of some of them. Uh, so it's still trying to figure it out. Are those because of legacy licensing agreements where no, they've already promised them to... No like... idea why. Um, 
I think that it has something to do with the show me agreement. I'm trying to doing some research into it, trying to figure it out. Uh, but it looks like there's certain shows that we won't get second and third seasons of, and it will be exclusively just the first season in Canada. Why? Don't know. Well, I mean, it's so something is better than nothing, I guess. But um, like I looked on it, and there's only the first two seasons of Community, something like that. And you're 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 thinking, okay, so a lot of the um, a lot of the content owners would offer the first season of something at a much discounted rate just to get it on a service and then entice people to sign up. Mm-hmm. And then you have this expectation that you'll get subsequent seasons. Uh, it could just be that they. It's probably a licensing issue. I mean, realistically, you no. Know, it, it's yeah, definitely it's definitely licensing related. I guess the ones that I'm more pointing to are Amazon's originals, which you would expect would yeah, but automatically they, they, be on the service. If they had already signed deals for Canada for exclusivity, like are those shows were they somewhere else? No, they were sh- at, they were on Show Me. Yeah, they were on Show Me. So I don't know if it has something to do with the Show Me contract uh, with with the earlier seasons has expired. Yeah, that might not. And have later seasons or... ha- has not lapsed yet. That's what it looks like. Uh, but I, don't know yet. I, I guess there's some lawyer somewhere being like, I wish I would have put in a if Rogers happens to cancel Show Me way <laughs> sooner than anyone thinks. Yeah, we get these shows back. Like I, I'm trying to remember the specific shows. So like we might not get the second season of, of Man in the High Castle. Um, I think only the first season of Transparent is on there, even though the second season is available in every other region. That's um, highly unfortunate. Which is really weird, and I and I don't think anyone's realized that yet because people are just happy that the service finally launched. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know if if Amazon Prime is going to grow into like a, a really real valid Netflix competitor, but for someone who's a cord cutter, um, I think it's great that there's another option out there, especially with Show Me. But gone. I mean, if it doesn't grow into a valid netflix competitor isn't that a failure in kind of amazon's eyes like i don't you know jeff bezos doesn't strike me as someone who goes in he goes in to win but this also isn't a standalone thing right yeah this is an added value to prime so it depends i guess on how you how you look at the service Mm -hmm. yeah if if it's just enough to get people to have more prime things but also do you feel like this happened sooner than it might have because show me died so like there was an opportunity that a lot of a lot of people reached out to me about that, but like you have to remember too that it wasn't just a Canadian launch; it launched in two hundred different regions, right? So I don't think Canada is in. I'd like to think ca- that Canada is important enough to change a global launch, but probably no, not. Uh, but There's no way. <laughs> I think it's highly. It's it's much more likely that Show Me ended at that point because of this launch. Yes, because Amazon gave them the heads up that we're launching worldwide on December whatever. Um, you know, is it is it in your best interest to maintain your service? They probably reached out a year ago, and and said this. So, you know, that's well, something to keep in mind. What what is in their best interest at this time is I'm super up for debate, but I, I could totally see them given their their in, initial investment, and I think the high level changes that have been happening at Rogers that I could see that that being maybe a tipping point where they're like, we're not going to. You know, go to bat against this. Well, I think Shaw was bleeding money too. Yeah, you know, they yeah. were both bleeding money from Show Me. I think Daniel's right too, because content licensing agreements are typically two years long, and when the um, when the deal for the uh, the Amazon originals on Show Me was first signed, that was two years ago. So it's like it's probably a matter of timing. Like the renewals coming up, so they're going to ditch the service. So why would they bother renewing it? So it's like a variety of factors, I guess, working together. Yeah. Uh, so, so then, as a as a secondary thing, how far do you think that 
this will be pushed as a service in in these regions i mean it's going to be interesting because it depends on how you how you look at amazon prime the way that i've been looking at it is an added free bonus to someone who already subscribes to prime um two-day delivery yeah that's why i'm here that's why (laughs) you two-day delivered yourself to the office today yes i did to make sure I was on time on the podcast. <laughs> Same day delivery Friday on Sundays. To, Friday to Monday, yeah. Yeah. So it depends on how you look at it. Like if if like Igor was saying, is it a failure if people view it as a standalone service and it doesn't have a ton of great content on it? Um, I don't know. I, I think we need to give it a few months and see what starts hitting it. See if they start signing exclusive deals because I think that that's what brings people to platforms is exclusive content that you can't get anywhere, like quality stuff that you want to watch, like. I know, for example, um, my parents subscribed to Netflix to be able to watch the originals, like Orange is the New Black and yeah. um, whatever the new show with Just Queen is. Just crushed the end of Dirk Gently last night. It was great. I, I got to watch that. It's good. You convinced me. Yeah. Um, Douglas, as someone who creates Canadian content, yeah, I do. check out the CanCon podcast on Vandekit.com. Come at me, YouTube commenters. Um, how do you see the now, I guess, the death of Show Me and now the birth of amazon prime I'm, I'm, well i'm pretty like, i'm pretty bearish on the whole consumption experience in 2016 and 2017 anyways mm-hmm. because you know it's the again this idea that you no know, technology is going to make things easier but the the business requirements so we've been talking about whether it's like chat messaging or watching tv shows make it so that it is as fractured as possible mm-hmm. um i think i think if you if you view Amazon service as just a value add to uh, their like dope pro delivery thing. Like I'm a, so good, I'm a same core day. Amazon purchaser and now I get to watch some TV shows and oh, they have some original content. Then that that's fine. It's, it's ridiculously cheap. Um, I worry about the number of like subscription services that you have to sign up to, to replicate just a TV, like a getting the content that you want kind of experience. That's true. Um, and it's it's disappointing that right now uh, the stuff that Amazon makes itself isn't available here. But I also know I, I completely agree with Patrick that it's entirely early days, mm-hmm. and uh, you know Amazon's not going to pull out. No, uh, like uh, Rogers and Shaw do with Show Me. So it's it, not going it's, to get it's going to get better. Yeah. Um, what that what that means for Crave and and Netflix like well, Crave's been doing like a crazy marketing push yeah, leading so, up to this. The question for you, Daniel, I guess, you know, what does this mean for Crave? What does this mean for Bell? Like, it is, in a sense, like kind of the elephant in the room. Well, I think Crave uh, is is now a bit safer for for a few more months. Uh, we're seeing things like Letterkenny being pushed as reasons to sign up for the service. Increasingly, uh, you're getting press releases about original content coming to crave and that's important because eventually those licenses will expire um my wife and i were watching west wing last week and uh we were well into season two loving every moment of it and then we turned on the television the next day and it disappeared it just went so you know these are the kinds of things that if you don't own the content you can look forward to things just disappearing and we were we're used to that with netflix but the the din is softer these days because you have an expectation that Orange is the New Black isn't going to disappear overnight because the, Netflix the, well, owns Well, the premier it. shows you're going to are ones that they're either purely creating that you can only find on Netflix or like this is the Dirk Gently scenario or The Crown are ones where they're working oh, with mm-hmm. uh, local uh, t- 
TV providers. Right. So they're help sponsoring the development of that. Uh, but then they have the rights for everywhere else. So Dirk Gently was a BBC America show. So in the U.S., you can only watch it. Uh, you can only watch it via BBC America. And they put up like the first episode on YouTube even to, to kind of push BBC America, which is super annoying as a Canadian because it's like, oh, I'll go to YouTube and watch the first episode. That oh, I can't get access. <laughs> Thank you, Region Lock. But then um, three months later, uh, because Netflix co-owns the rights, that's everywhere in the world, including Canada. So I was able to just do my Netflix thing and burn through it in three nights. Uh, and I think that's the, the best strategy for uh, net, Netflix can't produce all of the shows by itself, but creating relationships with uh, content producers where they can enable their individual channels to have some uplift um, and then suck that to the global audience, making those shows overall more popular is a, is a great strategy. And I think Crave can somewhat do that with Canadian content. The more I think about it, like I, I still hold a Netflix subscription specifically for the originals. It's not the other content. I have other platforms that I can access most of the shows that Netflix has on um, on it, but I stick around for the originals. That's yeah. why. I mean, and you also, you know, they're getting a lot more, um, they're, they're getting a, a lot more uh, interesting in their advertising. So you think, you see things like the OA. I don't know if you saw the, the teaser for this new thriller. Yep. Oh, yeah, they're we'll pushing it, like, yeah. Yeah. it was Nobody knows anything about it, right? Mm. But it, you, you get these viral campaigns months in advance. You have things like the Gilmore Girls re- reunion that, oh, you know, they started teasing like eight months ago. What are you? No. But then there's also yeah. like, there's also <laughs> That's like, a whole other podcast. There's also like five or 10 shows that they've launched as an original that you've, you've never heard of. Yep. That you're like, oh, wow, I didn't even know that Netflix was making so sure. just there one day. Right. But, but they're also the ones that you don't like necessarily go to or trust. Because you're like, oh, this was the Netflix show that they weren't pushing, which is kind of lame and weird. But well, like Black Mirror is an example of that. It's a, the, the season that they they picked up Black Mirror and they did the, I guess it's the the third season, yeah. and and that was kind of under the radar. Uh, I didn't see any advertising about it, and it wasn't like prominently placed for me, anyways. On in, in I my think Netflix it happened. Feed. I think, but also there there's a thing where I think the audience for that was. Probably primarily UK first with some bleed over. What was the UK show, yeah. right? So, so um, that's that's where like the power of Netflix, uh, like Netflix and Amazon are the only two companies with kind of like uh, global feet on the ground. So the the scaling effects of that means you know before that used to mean oh for Canadian Netflix it means we get all the cool British and Australian shows, yeah, and, but now it means that there's there's content being created in those markets that are everyone gets to see but they're they're raised up to that level i think everyone should watch dark channel i think it's really interesting i think the crown was really smart just being like let's just target all the commonwealth countries a good make a, a drum. yeah very well produced lithgow going full lithgow oh yeah um i think it's also worth noting that amazon and netflix are not the only two players i mean a- apple is coming out with its own unique uh yeah. programming in the next few months it's got itunes which everybody despises but it's a huge distribution network and facebook you know think about think about this you know uh, a pilot of a show auto playing in your feed you know you you facebook isn't a media company Mm. (laughs) so you know these are the kinds of things that over the next couple of years you can definitely expect and facebook has i think the biggest chance of creating a a, a huge market for uh, original video i mean they already do they have billions of hours of 
terrible Facebook Live uploaded every, I mean, yeah, every I'm day. I'm not disagreeing with you. I just don't want that in any way, shape, right. or form. Right, but it's it's coming, and, and you can believe that they're going to push it hard, and uh, that's another way of making a ton of money. I mean, think about think about the fact that they may offer a few original shows for free if you see a few pre-rolls. I mean, it's YouTube, essentially, and, and don't forget YouTube. YouTube originals exist. They're not great, but you know, PewDiePie is a basically a one man monster, you know, channel right now, and and he's threatening to well, leave. There's, there's, there's YouTube a, Red, which still isn't available here. Canada. No, it's in, it's in the U.S. The you, US. you go down to the U.S. and uh, your phone starts getting all these notifications <laughs> to YouTube sign up for Red. red. <laughs> it's like, damn it. Um, would, would either of you guys? Uh, well, first of all, two questions. One, do you currently use iTunes to watch TV? Or movies and I, would you I, sign up I to rent, an iTunes subscription I, service I mean now that Netflix you can do offline I probably wouldn't use it as much but I rent movies for plane flights yeah, yeah. I've never ever purchased something in, in iTunes that's in, in video ever never never yeah, purchased I mean like purchased rent or purchase purchased either or never really I bought music in iTunes before but never never video content Mm-hmm. TV TV is expensive on iTunes. It's it a lot as of a, money. As a to movie buy rental service. It's it's pretty decent. And I've always seen it as like a like I'm never going to watch it again. I don't really need to own it. I would rather pay for a subscription service and, and use it when I want to watch it. And then you know what I mean. But that, then you can sort of understand why a service like Show Me lost so much money because if you're not willing to pay forty dollars for a season of yep. a show, you can imagine how much money they're being charged to license that content. Oh, tons of money. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's just the equation. You know, we used to pay forty dollars for a season on DVD, but you really, the ownership of that was more clear than content disappearing or being tied to a box or uh, living in uh, a tech provider's ecosystem. But there's also TV where you're like, I don't want to pay forty five bucks to watch Family Guy. That's my thing yeah. with, like, with iTunes. I just don't. There's don't Prestige wanna... TV that you own the DVD. There's The West Wing, of which I still have yeah, yeah, the DVDs. And my girlfriend's like, Can we throw them out? Can we throw them out? I'm like, No, because we saw what happened. We saw what happened on the Netflix. We need to own the DVDs. But for most of the TV, you just want to watch to watch. You don't want to be paying $6 an episode or, th- I guess, 3 bucks an episode or things yeah. like that. Uh, so if you've been watching the video, you may have noticed that Dan is double fisting two different phones. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one is a V20 that happens to be on uh, Freedom Mobile. Um, if, you, if you've been following this kind of saga, as one might say, um, the Freedom Mobile LTE network was supposed to launch... What was it? Two weeks ago now. Um, it soft launch, I guess, is the kindest term that we can use. Um, but now it's finally fully launched, um, and you know, well, Pat I'd, and I have. Or sorry, you wanted to say something. No, it didn't soft launch. It it hard failed. I mean, you can't launch a product <laughs> a good and tell people it. that every every. Well, why, said, you, why do you put the teddy bear in charge of a company? I don't get that. Why is the teddy bear <laughs> running the company? Um, yeah, so uh, we've all, uh, well, Pat and I have been on podcasts where we've spoken about Freedom Mobile at length, but we kind of, now that you're back, um, we wanted to have a bit of your insight and thoughts on the rebranding, the saga that has been Freedom Mobile. Um, so the bear, really, do you like the bear? Yeah, that's, let's start with the bear. Do you like the bear? Question. How do you like the bear? Douglas hates the bear here. Douglas, he says that he hated it. The commercials are terrible. The commercial is absolutely terrible. I understand the need to change the way and like change the narrative, change the brand, change the experience, but there there's nothing about what we've seen that makes it compelling. Like it's just oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. 
Yeah, and then and then when followed up with uh, the launch issues, it's it's just uh, we talked about it before. It's the total wrong foot. The bear is bad. The bear is uh, bear is problematic. As is something happening with our headphones. Um, I think I think Freedom Mobile is a, a good name. Uh, they needed to get away from wind, considering it's a legacy brand that was associated with Oriscom and then Vimplecom, and is still a brand across the world. So if Shaw really wanted to make a go at it, it couldn't maintain wind, obviously, and they were they were paying licensing for that. Uh, the colors are you know the same, so it's recognizable to some extent, especially now that um, you know mobilicity's gone. There's really nobody else to talk about. Uh, this was inevitable. The fact that there were only going to be a couple devices available at launch, I think mm-hmm. this is the only way that they could do it. the The awkward thing, though, is that because uh, they weren't able to get any Band 66 Spectrum or AWS 3 Spectrum in Eastern Ontario. They're using their legacy network there, which means any LTE phone that will work on any carrier in Canada will work on its LTE network in Eastern Canada. Mm-hmm. But its most important markets, for Vancouver and, and Toronto, you need to buy a $700 phone or a piece of crap Grand X4 from <laughs> yeah, CTE. Grand X4. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's that sucks because there's really no way right now to take advantage of, of the network, but they had to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Band 66 was only solidified in like June of this year. So when you think about how you know how long it took, that's a very quick turnaround from um, standardizing to actual phones in hand that work with it. Mm-hmm. So eventually, every phone will support Band 66. Just like a few years ago, the iPhone didn't support Band 7, and everybody was upset and. Uh, even you know some phones only supported band four and didn't support anything on seven hundred. So there are, you know, we we don't remember because the, everything works now. But there were many years where you had to buy a phone that would only work on Rogers, but it wouldn't work on T-Mobile or you know vice versa. And and we're now in a situation where Qualcomm can create a, a phone chip uh, modem chip with compatibility with almost every network in the entire world yeah the room the room like home and similar services didn't emerge from from nothing at this point in time just because people wanted it there was like a technical groundwork that had to be laid Mm -hmm. do you see the iphone uh 7s or 8 whatever it's being called is that going to be band 66 compatible yeah every phone will be band 66 compatible it's it's a it's um basically right next to current aws one so all the companies have to do is, ju- or basically, all Qualcomm has done is just extended compatibility with AWS to support AWS three, mm-hmm. and that has combined is band sixty six. Mm-hmm. So every phone will eventually support it. It's not going to be a problem. You will be able to take for granted that pretty much every phone sold in twenty seventeen will support band sixty six. How's the experience so far? It's network? fast. I got up to seventy megabits down this morning in in this office, and about thirty five megabits up. Mm-hmm. Compared to wind 3G, that's what, 10 times faster? Wow. At least? Approximately, yeah, I think More? So. Well, you also got a signal, which is like... Yeah, <laughs> well, that's true. I got yeah. a signal. I've been getting pretty strong LTE signal. I mean, they're still tweaking it. I drop LTE all the time, but it's early days. And what was really fun was that it, it just I got a notification that I had a, an update to my V20 yesterday. I updated it, and LTE just turned on. It was fantastic. And there was nothing to do. And then I got a text later in the day saying, hey, welcome to our LTE network. Try it out. Let us know what you think. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they sent me another text saying, you haven't paid your bill yet. 
uh, <laughs> passive aggressive. It's the best kind of text. So, um, yeah, it's it's good. And and I think if uh, when I when I'm able to kind of travel to the outskirts of Toronto, I'd like to see where where the LTE network ends because they've made some grand claims about how it's going to be strong up until sort of the Mississauga, um, Pickering, uh, Thornhill, you know, area. And I, I, I wonder whether that's true right now. Mm-hmm. This is very kind of inside baseball Toronto stuff. Sorry if you're listening in like Winnipeg. Um, so on that note, um, our wonderful editor slash engineer slash this podcast would not exist without her is gesturing at me to finish up our pod. So um, she, I think she just wants to go get her like cold medicine because she's that dying too. of the plague. In the um, so as is a new tradition on the Syrup cast, we have shout outs. Uh, if you've been listening, Dan, I'm sure you've heard them. Um, so as the guest of honor, would you like to start our shout outs? Sure. Yeah, I, I would like to shout you, uh, Igor. You have done a fantastic job hosting this. Come I on. think, uh, you know, the Syrup cast uh, disappeared for a while, rightfully so, I think. And uh, and you guys brought it back. I love the new setup. I think, you know, the the new hosts. I love listening to uh, Jess and Rose and, and Pat and everybody uh, on the show each week, and I, I love that you've brought video. Considering that we have a very, very strong contingent of people who tell us every week that the Android Central podcast needs video, and that they won't <laughs> they won't listen to it until we bring video back. I respect the fact that you do it, um, and and you've done a great job with it. So shout out to you, Igor. Well done. Thank you. Uh, and where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Journey Dan on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my dog's Instagram is Zadie.the.dane. Oh, I got to follow that. Please, mm-hmm. please follow us. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my work is found often on Android Central and iMore. Cool. Pat, your shout? My shout out goes to Nintendo for releasing Super Mario Run late. <laughs> uh, right before I had an appointment, I wrote up a post the night before, though, so it was ready to go, thankfully. Um, but yeah. You and every other publication. Pretty much, yeah. Um, I know that for a fact. I've been playing it quite a bit over the last couple of days. I can't beat uh, Daryl. Can't beat his score, but uh, I'm so working on Darryl that. Daryl Etherington of TechCrunch fame. Yeah, it, it's a good game. It's an interesting... I, I have a lot that I want to write about it in the next uh, couple of days. Um, it's an interesting take on Mario, and I, I haven't decided yet if it's a successful translation of, I guess, the, the core mechanics of, of that game. But... Um, it's cool to see Nintendo modernize its business practices and finally finally move to mobile in a serious way. Like, I know Miitomo came out and there's other games coming out in the future, but, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting. I have a lot to say about it eventually. And we'll, you'll find those uh, hot takes on mobilesyrup.com. You, Doug? Uh, shout out Jeff Broussard, OG. Uh, shout out the <laughs> Mobile Syrup, uh, Syrupcast subjective review score. Shout out uh, Jane, uh, gone but not forgotten, uh, probably stewing in her own whiskey right now. Uh, shout out Daniel Sweater. Shout out... Uh, I think you're setting a record for shout outs. Yeah. I can shout out as much as I want. I started this thing. Uh, <laughs> shout out the podcast, which is continues to this day and lives on and, and grows and gets more mics and technology uh, and, and a podcast producer and all these things. Yeah, and your sweater, I think you wore that the first syrup cast we did. So Possibly, I think I, I just got it, yeah. Uh, my shout-out goes to your colleague, Daniel Rubino, from Windows Central. He put 
Windows 10 on a Mac, and it was it was interesting. Or on, <laughs> <laughs> on the new MacBook. Uh, and it was, what? Anyway, and Daniel Rubino. He loves just, to troll. That's awesome. Uh, he's just like a really smart and interesting guy to follow on Twitter and talk to in person. So say hi to me. I, I will. Say hi to him. I, I, it's, it's often hard to get him uh, to focus on anything but what he's but doing in front of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will I will let him know that you say hi. All right. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for watching. Um, hopefully, this is just the start of many more great things. Uh, and we'll hopefully see you in the next hundred. Do it for the pod. Peace out. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.